Welcome to Mixed Company. Bringing the siloed and uncomfortable conversation we have with our friends to the forefront so everyone can participate in the conversation. We say all the things you never would in Mixed Company. Welcome to Mixed Company. Welcome back, everybody, to Mixed Company. Your Yo. girl is back. What up? Did you guys miss me? I mean, um, we... We did, but the it fact was... that both of you <laughs> are taking time to think about it is really reassuring that I should Wait, leave more often. No, we missed you, but you, we missed you. But we say, I know we, we knew where you were. Why are there so many buts? <laughs> Sorry, we missed you. That's all right. I don't need to be missed. <laughs> you they need to say anything away. the word before the word but doesn't they, count. You see what I'm saying? I'm but sorry, but I, we I, missed I, you, but I'm not gonna lie. There was a little hateration in my blood. Because oh, because I was out here in these streets yeah, living my best life. Street, so there was a little yeah. yeah, I was out here living my best life. We saw. Touring the West Coast. <laughs> I saw. Going to Coachella. I saw. Having the best moments with Beyonce. I saw. On a scaffolding, whatchamacallit. Like, I don't even know what that, on a lift? I don't know. <laughs> she was over here on, like, machinery of sorts. In, like, poom poom shorts, <laughs> a sweatshirt, and a harness. Like, she was Cirque de Soleil. And I was like, all I did today was get up and take a shower and get a mojito. So, like, <laughs> no. Like, I, she really, every time, I, t- I say, every time I, every time I go to a Beyonce concert and we come back to record, I say it. She just makes me want to be a better woman, like, just in general. Like, it's well, like competition. It's like competition. Like, she does it. I'm like, mm, I can't do that, but what I could do is okay. I'm about to do the hell out of this timeline, okay? <laughs> With Beyonce? Because that's, that's something I can control. I bet you Beyonce ain't never had to do no timeline and smart sheet. With your <laughs> Everybody Mad remix? You see? With everybody. <laughs> she be getting to the money. And hey. everybody mad. Yeah. It was great. It was great, guys. Thanks for missing me. Thanks for hating on me. I love it when you hate. That's them hating on me. I, lo- I love it when everybody hates. It means, like, I'm doing right, so... Thank you, guys. You guys are real friends. (laughs) So today we have a very, very, very special guest. And I think I added a couple additional varies in there because we have special guests. But you, ma'am, are near, dear and um, close to our ratchet hearts. Yes, very much so. We have one of the heavy hitters the heavyweights the people's champ if you will of diversity and inclusion you are the people's champ you're welcome but we literally you are the people's champ of dni you are the people's champ yeah here in new york city we have today with us miss tiffany edwards y'all hi guys straight we're actually recording from droga five today so this is she said we no, no, honey. We're oh, not going no. to your home. You you actually need to come. You need to meet me where I am. And so we did. This is a nice change I of pace. I work on Wall Street, y'all. It takes forever to get to Midtown. She told us you got to come to where the money, because she be getting to True. the money. Okay? <laughs> and everybody, man. Welcome to the show, Tiffany. Thank you, Kai. Thank you guys for having me. I'm excited to be on episode Yay. 49, you said. we are. You are episode 49. I'm excited. I almost made it to the 50th. You almost it's made impressive. it to the 50th. Um, so actually, before we jump into what we usually call our dope shit or our ain't shit portion of the show i would be do you a disservice to tell people your story so i'd like you to just give us a little something something about who you are what you do and why we've titled why we've knighted you the people's champ 
How long do we have? No, I'm playing. It's like, well, we're four, we're about four minutes in. So, so. I'm going to talk through until episode 50 about my past four score. And, no, um, I think the long and short of it is um, the best way to say it is I, I think I stumbled into advertising and in advertising and into diversity. And by stumbling into those, I found my passion. Um, and the rest is kind of, as I say, history. I love building programs and events from scratch and everything I build is things I wish either I had had when I was coming up and discovering what I wanted to do for my career or they're things that I hope help people now in the industry and my only and main motivation is in helping all of the beautiful brown chocolate yeah. beige and caramel and all just the amazing diverse people in our industry find their voices find their their courage and their strength and stay with us and not just leave and go to other industries because we need y'all like we really really need y'all so. Especially when you're out here calling us chocolatey and caramel, <laughs> just making it sound like a decadent, sexy commercial. Well, yeah, yes. y'all, y'all scheduled so, us for seven thirty uh, and didn't feed me dinner, so I might be hungry. You're right. No, no, I mean, <laughs> listen, I'm not gonna lie to you. I passed the Westville on the way here, and I was like, Girl, I guess I will be hitting that up on my way out. So I would be an ungrateful mofo if I didn't say I was one of those chocolates. I was one of those chocolate people that you saved and scooped up off the, the streets of <laughs> New York City and ushered into advertising with one of your programs. You were in was... my first ever diversity program, you the were. one called Creative Boot Camp. You were the first one. It's Wow. That's Full intense. circle moment. That is intense. Yeah. Look at us. Yeah. Look at, Look us. at us. I know. This is crazy. I'm starting to sound old. Don't say what year that was. <laughs> <laughs> what year was that? I said, don't say. Why are you going to ask me? No. <laughs> you see, he don't listen. Just, you talk about this man what over here. He marches to his own drum um, and timeline. It was like 2009, 2008. Shit. Yeah, it's almost 10 years ago. Y'all want to know something funny? I was still in school. Girl. And nowhere near graduation. She means she, mean she was in graduate school. Um, <laughs> I was still in school. She was a super senior. She was in like 25 at the time. Senior. No. No, I'm <laughs> oh, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, you know the crazy thing was about that situation. I was working full time at that time, mm -hmm. and the reason why you're the people's champ is you let you made concessions to make sure that I could do it. Because yeah. I wasn't trying to lose my vacation time for that. No, uh, <laughs> no you're not. So you know what? You know, so shout out to you. Prior. How many um, times did you do boot camp? Two, three times? I did it twice. So yeah. the first year I came in uh, as the runner up, and then right. I won the second year yeah, because right. I'm a sore loser. And I have to. He is. No, hey. I, I know. <laughs> I'm not mad at your tenacity. You <laughs> don't like it. You took it home. Listen. I said I was going to win, and then I came back. And then back you came and back won. and you've mentored and you've, like, it's all the full circle stuff. It's yeah. amazing. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. Welcome. Mm -hmm. So before we get into the fun stuff, let's go ahead and get through some dope shit or ain't shit. Sim, since you are on your toes today, I'm going to let you get started. All right, cool. So my dope shit is Zenday. Um, Woo, Zenday. Friends of the show. Um, Miriam, who was on the show um, a few episodes ago, mm -hmm. who is the founder of I See You Well wow. Products. And Siobhan, who hasn't been on the show, but you may have seen her on the IG with uh, Grills and Granola, teamed up to create Zenday, which is the first and only half-day half community wellness conference um, that promotes movement, mindfulness, and modern spirituality among women and all people of color are welcome. All people are welcome, but it's dope shit because... Um, they're the homies, but they're also doing it at Weeksville um, Heritage Center, which is in Crown Heights, which if you haven't gone, you should go because 
it's dope and it's like a it's history. a gorgeous space yeah like it's this there's basically like um they preserve these houses from like the 1800s mm-hmm. um where like the first some of the first black settlers in brooklyn used to live so you get to go there um yep. and get a little history lesson but it's going to be a full day of dope shit um yep. i think they're going to have like um self-care vendors yoga, workout classes self-care yeah fellowship mo- mocktails <laughs> and all mm-hmm. kinds of dope shit so um yeah go ahead and purchase a ticket for that um you can get that at zenday.splashthat.com and support the homies and it's dope shit that's what's up so mine we'll discuss so this saturday was the white house correspondence dinner uh michelle wolf a political comedian uh most notably known as a correspondent on the daily show now with trevor noah she let it all out um she went in Usually they hire someone. I didn't know they hired a comedian just for the roast. Mm-hmm. So she was the comedian of the night. And <laughs> the highlight of the night was her jokes to Sarah Huckabee Sanders and Kellyanne Conway. Most notably referring to Huckabee as Uncle Tom for white women. <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. It was so good. Oh, wow. I, 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 no, no, no. You, I, I, it was so good. I didn't see it, but I've heard the rumblings. I didn't know that's what she said. You can Kudos watch it. Kudos to her. <laughs> Kudos. I like inappropriate people. You can watch <laughs> it, and then you can, like, watch everybody's face, and forget then you the can faces. watch For, Sarah Huckabee's forget face, her not face. move. Forget that. You No, what got me, you have to watch it because... <laughs> because she was she's such a real one because she looked Sarah Huckabee in the face while she was telling the joke like she looked over at her I said who's oh. she looking at and then they zoomed in on her. I said oh oh yeah. she's a real one she can, she can be a friend she's invited to every cookout she's invited to your cookout the Asian cookout the Asian okay, Middle Eastern. She, she can come to everybody's cookout okay and you know, know it's like a panel her, so she had, like to over she had to reach over she had to reach over and pivot <laughs> I know y'all didn't see me, but it's like it's like it's it's like somebody it's like the grandmother on two two seven looking out the window. That's how she that's how she looked over at Sarah Huckabee. It was so good. It was so good. The, the shots were for everybody. C SPAN did the zoom in. You can watch it. It's like ah ow. So the biggest thing is now Trump put a tweet out there saying that he would like to shut well he wants to shut down the correspondence center because nobody can take a joke. Which is really funny because Rumble it's like, it's the freedom of the par- press. <laughs> and even people are saying out there like that Michelle will pass to apologize, but that's mm-hmm. the whole point he's of such the dinner. A, he's yeah. such a bitter hoe. Like, but we know this. Like, like, no, <laughs> but it's like, he's not the first person to get roasted. No. He's not the first person to get roasted on that level. Right. But everyone will say that it's, it's scathing. Like, it makes me like, ah, like, ow. <laughs> He might be the first person to be roasted for the last four years, and he's only been president for one. So <laughs> that's like a real thing. Also, I just want to point out that he's just mad because she called him broke. Like, that was the thing that she wanted to drive home, that he's poor. And, you know, I've been saying this for a while because if you really had that much money, you'd have that much power. You wouldn't need to be president. This man is out here reaching 
for the next get get rich quick scheme. And he thought that's what being the president meant. That being the president was the pyramid scheme because on the one dollar bill it has the pyramid. That's what he thought. He thought it was just like an up. He thought it thing. that's it was like literally the top of the pyramid scheme. It's clear. It's clear. Watch it. Uh read the monologue. Get your laughs in. Um I just hope like people have their think pieces. She shouldn't apologize. That's the whole oh. point of the dinner. Like, get over it. Right. What are we gonna talk about? Like, I mean, I'm sorry. That everybody I told the caught. Truth. It. <laughs> I, you would think he'd be okay. Everybody caught it. MSNBC caught it. CNN caught it. Like Fox and Friends, they always gonna catch they gonna it. Lie. They're always gonna catch it. <laughs> but like, I just, you know, you just if you're gonna. What she said? Oh, she said that he was grabbing. He was grabbing private parts because he yes. was searching for change. <laughs> I fell out. She said he's so broke he was grabbing private parts because he was ser- searching for change. I died. I died. She can. She can be my friend. I followed her on Twitter immediately. Okay. She deserves it. All right. I'm gonna go ahead. Um, and talk about something a little less fun. It's actually, I think it's actually a lot less fun. And I don't, I don't necessarily believe that this is, no, I'm just going to say what I think guys. This to me is ain't shit. So, um, unless you've been stuck under a rock or you don't work within, uh, the creative spaces of marketing and advertising, um, you may not necessarily be aware that the behemoth of a um of an advertising company WPP has been under fire for the last few weeks um as uh very unclear allegations um or not even allegations but very uh, unclear uh uh I don't know conversations about Sir Martin Sorrell came to light um that he was under investigation for whatever reason we still do not know um and therefore uh eventually he stepped down um however a part of um the investigation uh what came to light was a I don't know what to call this I guess a suggestion a very strong suggestion from the WPP holding company to its nearly 400 plus individual companies um, encouraging agencies to limit alcohol to designated areas. So I want to start because if I was talking to Sonia, and as you all know, Sonia is my mom. I'm talking to Sonia. Sonia would be like, well, yeah, you shouldn't be drinking at work. No way. I told you when I came there, look crazy. Y'all just out here acting like you don't have no home training. And I was like, well, I don't like I know who my mom is like you know you get down too um but a part of the culture the culture and advertising does include a lot of alcohol very similar to what we've seen on Mad Men Blackish and whatever other uh movie or tv show you've seen that focuses on the life of uh workers in ad agencies Here's my issue. My issue isn't controlling alcohol usage because I think there are other reasons to control the usage. My problem is it seems as if this designation or this suggestion is in light of or in lieu of um, potential sexual harassment issues um, that have stemmed from the Me Too movement. And therefore, the ancient part of this is I don't believe that it's okay for us to use alcohol as the scapegoat for why so many people, men specifically, are being held accountable for their actions. We cannot say that 
because people drink at their desk and because people drink at work, they are somehow being led to make mistakes. We need to hold people accountable. And for me, shutting down the party is not the way to do it. I, I there's that point, but then there's <laughs> that's the only point. <laughs> but no, but my so where my Christmas is your party, scooter? <laughs> so my Christmas party was only two hours. We didn't have we had drinks. That's not a party. That's a happy hour. But that's what they wanted. That per policy, it was like that's a get together. That's a small gathering. It was like you better get there at six because we cause ended the party's at eight. Ending at eight, and wow. we cleaning up at seven thirty. Exactly, and that's exactly what that's they so did. And there's the liability part, but I've been to, I think the last, one of the holiday parties I did when I first started um, advertising, they had like this Pinterest board of people's resolutions because it was a holiday party. Was it to stop drinking? No, but one of like, <laughs> one of the person's resolution was like, you know, that I passed AA for like the, my 10th year. And I think so, that's fine, but there's always an option, right? Yeah. So like, okay, one of the so things like that they did put in here. Part. I will say that, yes, it is fair that it is a strong suggestion and not a mandate. I know there are many beer taps at companies under the WPP umbrella that are still flowing. Um, they are saying that they do want to limit usage to designated areas such as dining rooms, excuse me, lounges, on-site bars, etc., um, and that food, free water, and non-alcoholic beverages should be available. First of all, non-alcoholic beverages are always available because what else are we chasing with? That's first of all. <laughs> second of all, second of all, I do agree that people should have options, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I don't agree that using alcohol as the scapegoat is helpful. I think it sends a very poor message for what a lot of us are trying to accomplish, mm-hmm. which is holding people accountable, not the... Not the articles or the inanimate objects around us or the tools around us that these people use as an excuse to do make poor decisions, Mm -hmm. whether it is Mm -hmm. a mismanagement of funds or a mismanagement of your goddamn hands because you can't keep them to yourself. (laughs) But most, you know, no, it's true. Like, I think it's just taking, like, as a holding company, that is not the message you want to send. The message you want to send is y'all are grown people that are out here making grown decisions to do grown things to the wrong ones and that you need to be held accountable for it. So for me, it's like, I don't, I can't, I can't respect that. Mm -hmm. If it came, if it came in a letter saying, you know what, we want to respect more people who are trying to cut back on their drinking. We're trying to save money. We want, we don't want to be held accountable for people drinking and driving, which in the city, that's not a real thing, bro. Uber, (laughs) Uber is here to stay, and we just need to figure out how to make it more efficient. But, like, I just don't feel like that is the right messaging, nor was that the right move uh, to address a lot of the issues that are happening with sexual assault and harassment in the workplace. They should just have that Tracy Ellis children's book time. You know know what I'm talking about? The storybook? Yes. (laughs) Keep your hands to yourself and the bottle on the shelf. Yeah, like... Story time. It's it's frustrating. So, like, I get it. I see what they're trying to do. I, as a person who doesn't go out of my way to make other people physically or emotionally uncomfortable, shouldn't necessarily have to um, be stressed out all daggone day after a crazy meeting because i can't get to the beer <laughs> so can we because like because like here's the thing can we, can we stop can we stop to, can people stop taking smoke breaks like i just feel oh, like yeah. very I mean, strongly like but that's smoke not breaks aren't company funded but the, okay so but that's, but that's what i'm saying 
this is what I'm saying. So beer cart is gone. And honestly, there is an allure of the advertising industry that, that a lot of us, you know, we're attracted to that mad men lifestyle. Like, yes, traditionally, it was very exclusive to white men. But the idea of attaining that, like, there's something that makes this a lot less fun. Yeah. And just like I said in college, now advertising is becoming the poor man's entertainment, and nobody <laughs> wants to work with a knockoff. No, we don't. I mean, I think, and you make a good point. I jest, but I'm, I'm, I'm serious. No, I mean, like at the end of the day, you're they're not addressing the problem, right? Right. So, which is men and poor decisions as the only people in poor. Decisions. I mean, people in poor decisions, well. right? So it's your, it's a fake solution. It is. And so. You're gonna take away the thing that we love, not the most, but <laughs> I mean, but for some of us, I think this is coming out as kind. Simeon have a problem. No, like, get this woman a beer. Well, you're, gonna, you're gonna take no, away this yeah. this this thing that's part of the perks. Like it's part of the perks of working really in, in this industry. Everyone sells it to you like we have a full bar. Yes. Oh, um, because oh, because you don't really want to address the real the issue. real issue because it's harder to address that there are a lot of people that really just need help than it is to address oh well there are a lot of people that just happen to drink a little bit much and lose themselves so which which is a good point because before we started we were talking about people who need to get help mm. and maybe that is something that should be offered that's what like, that's what we should do let's have let's have weekly um Okay. Let's take let's take away the money from alcohol and let's put it towards therapy. Cause exactly. I could go yeah, for let's therapy. Put it towards something else, and hopefully their plan oh. is larger. I would take you, therapy one one hour a week watch, instead of happy hour because you, Lord knows I need it. Do you watch Billions? <laughs> Somebody else told me to watch Billions. I'll watch tonight. So, uh, Billions oh, has an in office the in office therapist uh, who like basically like coaches them through their trading deals like when they're feeling anxiety or they're not feeling confident so they had this therapist in the i want office, somebody to size me which, up at work if you're gonna take away the alcohol then that's the way to replace it like, that is because we're drinking to cope i have to say we have an in-house <laughs> professional coach that's here every week really? anybody can sign what? up to see him and he's pretty he's pretty awesome he's helped me through some things that alcohol wouldn't get me through Mm. (laughs) Mm. Mm. professional things i I do think personal therapy and professional therapy should be separate but i think professional coaching and support is is very helpful Mm -hmm. so with that being said i'm gonna go ahead and pass it off to you miss tiffany do you have a dope shit or an ain't shit that you would like to share i have a what i believe is a dope shit that's lukewarm shit for me yeah (laughs) it's it's an eye it's an eye I think it's important, but anyway, so without further alluding, um, I saw an article, actually, that someone in the agency sent to me from the New York Times that they are opening a lynching memorial um, in Alabama. So I am, of course, torn down the middle for this. Of course, I think it's hugely important to look at the real history of this company, country company, Lord. It is technically the history of this company, but yeah. United States of America Incorporated. Um, The history of this country and the true things that have shaped it and led us to where we are now, because you can't truly move forward until you understand where you've come from. But then there's a personal side of me that one is like, why is it in Alabama, which is like lynching (laughs) central. Um, But two, it's just, it's hard for me personally, emotionally, and I've come to terms with this to really engage with these moments and these conversations. Mm. Like they just... I'm like the person that gets angry, like in the movie theater, if I'm sitting there and like, you know, t- 12 years a slave, like I can't, I don't know if I can walk through this place. They have like, I have the pictures here guys, but they have mm-hmm. like soil from all the different lynching sites. Yep. I've look seen at that. that. Look at, yeah. It's just, it's intense. So on one hand, I think it's hugely important and I think it's amazing. On the other hand, I think 
I don't know. What do you guys think? Something about Alabama's throwing me off. I don't know why. I, feel I mean, I can see that. I, racism yet. But I think that that to me is a part of why that works. Sure. Like, here's the thing. Here's my. Yeah, that's, that's intense. So right that's now intense. we're looking at an image of the the soil um, from the different lynch lynching sites mm-hmm. um, that's packaged in mason jars. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one that I'm looking back at dates back to February 22nd, 1880. So this is... Mm-hmm. This one's 1902. 1902. Like, this has been going... Obviously, we know that lynchings have been happening mm-hmm. both figuratively and literally for centuries, mm-hmm. right? I think it's really important to have these conversations in yeah. the belly of the beast, which for me, why I was excited to actually hear about the lynching museum, because there are a lot of people, um, quite frankly, from the South that, that they, they just don't believe it was that bad. Like the people still look at slavery as though like, oh, well, people were just working to help build the country, you know, like <laughs> the liked, help. They, they were still the help. And it's like, no, bro, this wasn't these, these people. These were regular these were freed people, these were slaves, mm-hmm. these were teachers, these were family people that because of their skin, because of the uh, lack of respect that one, that people in general had for black pe- have for black people, that they decided that they were going to be your judge, jury, and executioner for the simplest and it's the simplest of reasons because I didn't like how you looked at me because mm-hmm. I didn't like that you didn't, um, that you asked for your change back because I didn't like that you whistled at a white woman because I didn't like mm-hmm. that uh, you was talking back to me. Yeah. And I, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, it's re- I think it's really important to show people who they are. And yeah, I believe that um, a lot of times lynching history, white people, not no, non-black people, I'll say that, non-people that don't identify with African heritage tend to assign that to a part of our history as if it was very removed from their history because if you open the books like i remember in high school it was like a a sentence Mm -hmm. about that yeah and it was a study question but it never made it to the test which means it wasn't important enough for you to discuss so for me that's important to show them that this happened to us Mm -hmm. your legacy is a part of this yes some of us have moved forward others have not but let's let's face it and let's move forward yeah i think going back to the alabama thing outside of the joke about a lot of it happening there which is not really a joke it's actually a fact it also makes me feel like it'll limit the audience um as in i don't know that when i will be traveling to alabama to see that museum whereas if it was in washington have you been to washington have you been to dc Mm -hmm. then so you've been to the african-american museum i've been to the martin luther king i have not been to african okay so the african-american museum uh the smithsonian Mm. museum will have you feeling quite differently because the journey that it does take you on does have an entire like lynching is weaved in throughout Mm -hmm. um and i don't know if people have given you their experience but like it is gut-wrenching to walk through that and it is so real and the imagery that they provide and the stories that they tell and the first-hand account diary accounts that people share of witnessing lynchings and 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 witnessing their family members being dragged out of the house like i i'm assuming that it is equivocal to what they're doing in alabama which is why for me i'm like it's really good that they have one Mm -hmm. in the south because it can't just be the people quote unquote up north that's fair that are getting educated i mean but the one in dc it kind of ends on a happy note right so you like go through this 
this gut-wrenching experience but then you like you end and it's like oh we're in modern day i feel like this one is probably going to have the gut punch that's required for mm-hmm. someone to actually have their come to jesus moment right um and the, i think the other thing with this museum is that especially with the soil a lot of people think that this shit was happening like a hundred years ago oh, yeah. my grandmother was alive for some right of so yeah. with this i feel like is going to put it into people's put it straight in your face that this is like 50 60 years ago that mm-hmm. people right. were doing this shit like mm-hmm. our it's parents. not even 50 60 it's today right. like yeah. there's one, like there's very recent ones in maryland okay. and um even in pennsylvania there are people are found hung uh, and and nooses are tied around trees mm-hmm. but uh, in respect just to go back to the african-american museum or the national museum of african-american history it ends on a it doesn't end like the whole point of the museum is that it goes through our history so there's a whole floor simian and i went together there's a whole floor we didn't even get to there's a whole three other floors rather that we didn't get to because it 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 follows a trajectory from our history to our present day um because the story continues where the lynching the the practice of lynching the systemic practice of lynching of black bodies is um, a very specific conversation of our whole histories just like our history black history does not start with slavery you know what i'm saying nor does it just end with lynching it didn't black history didn't happen from 1880 to 1960 Mm -hmm. it's the entire legacy of 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 people being people of human humans Mm -hmm. um so i think yeah i think that's important but i also do think to your point the fact that a lot of southern schools and southern politicians choose not to acknowledge the tragedy that is lynching and slavery and uh the neglect of black bodies i think that's to your point what they need to see because lynching a black man or a black woman just because you felt like it is the same thing that happens today in the conversation of uh, police and uh, law enforcement brutality against black bodies. Mm-hmm. I think that be- in its art form that it is just so polarizing that makes it like want to talk about it even more. Mm-hmm. And you can't, with history, even with the soil, you can't deny it. You can't mm-hmm. shift it. You can't change the name of it you can't call it indentured servitude oh, you can't though they like to <laughs> you can't do that like to. why can't we call it something different because it's not different <laughs> right and that's the whole thing about like with an from an artistic approach it's a whole thing that gets you just jarred so well, you know even the significance yeah. of like putting in alabama hopefully i mean it is alabama so Mm-hmm. It needs a mm-hmm. lot of protection. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm like. But I can yeah. see. But I, I definitely get That's your point. Where it's kind of like, damn. Like, is that something we want to think about when we go when we talk about the South? Like, mm-hmm. I, I've said on numerous occasions. Like, I still, as an adult, am very nervous when I travel to states and specifically certain cities in the South oh, because, absolutely. and it, it's not because of what I've seen on TV. It's not media. It's about what I've read. Mm-hmm. It's about, like, the detailed research that I've done over time. So, like, I get nervous going to places where I know. T- like, I had, a, I had a friend that worked in Alabama last summer and talked about, um, I guess they were uh, doing some grassroots work for 
some that had to do with an election that was coming up, right? Mm-hmm. And they were advocating for, um, uh, I guess, like a, a change in governor, a change in mayors of a town or something. Um, and there were actual, like, sheriffs that would follow the people, a part of this program, around and, like, try to arrest them and, like, agitate them in cars. And it's like, what are you doing here? Because they were doing this in predominantly white spaces. And it's like, in 2017, if this is happening... Why can't we have the conversation? When you know better, you do better, but they're, you're choosing ignorance. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I get it, but I want us to be more focused on impacting change or an, an affecting change for everyone else that needs it mm-hmm. than to worry about being triggered. Because if I got to be triggered a thousand more times to get it to stop, then perhaps it's worth it. Clarify. Um, so with that, let's move on to something that's a little bit more fun. <laughs> Bringing y'all down. Go sorry. ahead. You know, um, <laughs> Cardi, let's, so we're going to talk about Cardi B, but in terms of, uh, we're going to speak about this in the space of respectability politics. Um, and for those of you that don't know, respectability politics re- refers to attempts, attempts by marginalized groups to police their own members and selves uh to show their social values as being continuous and compatible with mainstream values essentially what that means is how do we act more appropriate right so that other people people that uh may or may not necessarily be of color view us as valuable and um appropriately con- uh, contributors to society so when, for example, when somebody tells you maybe that boy shouldn't have been wearing a hoodie walking at night, when somebody tells you you can't get tattoos or you'll never get a job, when somebody tells you, oh, you need to pull up your pants when you walk in the street because they're going to think you're a thug. Mm-hmm. These are examples, or as a woman, up. Oh, try not to wear too much makeup or make sure you wear red lipstick because of whatever the fuck they want to tell you to do. Like, <laughs> you don't know how many things I've seen, like, women that wear less makeup are more power- or seem to be more powerful. Women that wear more makeup are seem to be powerful. Bitch, I'm powerful. Like, I don't... Look, I'm just not here for nobody because y'all clearly can't make up your minds and I don't know who the hell you're testing. Your testing sucks. This A-B test don't work. Um, But essentially, it's any... It's, it's making yourself and other people believe that you need to change something about yourself to be more acceptable and seen as more valuable so Mm -hmm. we know that cardi b is having one hell of a two years this is the longest 15 minutes i have ever ever experienced (laughs) in pop culture and i'm here for it i'm here for it um as you guys know because i'm here for anybody that is comfortable enough with their with themselves to just go be great and go get money for being great in their own way. So essentially what we want to discuss today is really just like what that means for us, right? So like as, well, let's, first of all, let's talk about it. Did anybody see any of Cardi's performances over the last few weeks at these festivals? We know that you yes. did. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I know. Let's not talk about her. Pregnant on stage, just like getting her best life. <laughs> <God, laughs> like, what was it? What kind of oh She's not performing again at all of them. Well, it was the, the, the one you're talking about was at Coachella. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, no, wait. No, I thought there was more recently. Go talk. Well, yeah. well Broccoli was this weekend. Yeah, she was at Broccoli yeah, City yeah, Festival this weekend in DC. I was there as well. Oh. Deep work. Yeah. 
Monday through Friday. Monday through Friday. Saturday and Sunday, mind your business. <laughs> <Love> yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, Cardi B. So for, so for those of you that don't know, uh, Cardi B is a reality star or um. Uh, an exotic dancer turned reality star <laughs> turned hip hop star mm-hmm. uh turned model i believe she was signed by a model agency last okay. year um who essentially has broken all of the respect the rules of respectability politics along her journey mm-hmm. um as uh as as she likes to say she is a regular schmegular degular girl from the bronx mm-hmm. um who you know, the odds were never really in her favor. And for those of us that uh, know people that um, come from more urban areas or, or inner cities, you know that young black girls are, like, you, you're not the primary um, important factor when it comes to success. And so we're told not to talk too loud. We're told not to... I don't have your nails too long. We're told to speak the king's English. We're told lots of crazy <laughs> things. Keep your keep your keep your body covered, you know. Don't do nasty things. And Cardi was like, "Fuck all of that. Mm-hmm. I'm out to just do me." Um, if you feel the need to go Google her, child, start at YouTube. She's amazing. Um, she's freaking hilarious. She's always inappropriate. She's always very thoughtful about what she says but she says it the way that is natural to her um and most people would consider that ghetto right like 20 years ago being ghetto was not as cute i guess as it is today um but it took a lot of girls not caring about being cute to let to get cardi to a point where she was just gonna come out here and tell you how the fuck she feels when the fuck she felt like it so Mm -hmm. shout out to cardi b for that but with that being said i know all of us in the room are familiar with her um, let's just start by like, what are your thoughts on Cardi? Like, how do you feel about Bella Calise Alamansar? That's her real name. <laughs> so, interesting thing for me about Cardi is when she first dropped, and I think you and I had Kai, you and I had a conversation. I want to go on the record and say I put everybody on the Cardi B in my friend group. You you did, and like when you <laughs> when you first put me on, I was like, I don't. I don't get it. I've always seen the light. Right. Because, I mean, if you're from New York, there's a thing about the Bronx. Um, There, there, what? Oh, Karina. Karina lives in the Bronx. Because the Bronx is far. (laughs) The Bronx is far. But there's, there's also the stigma like the Bronx is ghetto, whatever. So when. So when, but when when when, Car- when Cardi dropped, I'm not gonna front. I couldn't, and she was just on Love and Hip Hop. I couldn't appreciate what she was bringing to the table. Like it just, I couldn't relate. Like she's for a sp- specific type of person. I couldn't relate. But there was this moment on one of the reunion shows where she um, confronted Peter Guns. <laughs> and I was I was also in my little uh, transition trying to be like less toxic uh, and masculine and shit. Um, but the way that she like got into his ass and I like sat there and I listened to it and I was like, oh shit. Like she's really fucking smart. She just doesn't say it in the way that is mainstream. And like listening to her then I like went back and started like watching her um, IG videos. I'm like, oh shit! Like 
Cardi out here with like Gandhi gems. Like you just <laughs> need to like listen closely and you will hear that she's basically saying the same shit that Oprah's telling you. Just in a more quote unquote relatable, down to earth way. Mm-hmm. But in the context of of, you know, us being here talking about advertising creative industries I think we're not at the space yet where we would know what to do with a Cardi in the office. Like, because the end of the day, like when you're thinking, when you're thinking about what she's bringing to the table, like those are insights that we can utilize on a day to day basis. But what will happen if Cardi's sitting in and brainstorm and she's like, nah, I'm just, you, you got to understand what the regular degla smuggler smuggler like people are going to look at her like she's crazy but and miss that insight and so for me it's i don't know like i'm i'm on i'm party gang if you want to go there oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but it's it's i don't know it's it's kind of this thing that chips me up a little bit because and when we did the event a couple of weeks ago um f- um for black women who considered the c-suite and we were talking about generational differences. One of the reasons why I wanted to talk about that was there was uh, a woman that I used to work with um, who was in line with Cardi B. Let's just say like that, like very re- relatable, parallel. Um, and I remember when she dyed her hair like platinum bond mm-hmm. and our supervisor was like, I don't know why this girl did that because they don't respect her as it is and now she dyed her hair platinum blonde and she's drawing attention to herself. So for me, it's kind of like, I'm, I'm excited about this conversation because I think there's a conversation that needs to be had with what do we do with the people who aren't, who don't assim- who don't fit into what it means to be respectable. You just said it almost, don't assimilate. Because yeah. what I love about her is no matter what environment she's in, whether she's in a hotel lobby at the freaking Ritz or whether she's home in the Bronx, like she doesn't change who she is as a person. And I think that's so hugely important. What, so like, I, and I hear what you're saying. I, I think it's important too, mainly because especially like in, in, in our generation, I feel like a lot of people have gone to great lengths to re- reclaim our own negative stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Being being black or being of African descent, no matter what part of the world you're from, has always uh, been seen as negative. And the lighter and whiter and brighter you can get, the better, right? So with that being, like with knowing that a lot of us reclaim our stereotypes, like do you feel that we absolutely have to still like hide ourselves and cover ourselves at work? Like you're saying that you don't think that there's room for a Cardi, but for me, I'm like, I don't I don't see why not recognizing that if you're looking for authenticity, why not get real authenticity and not just the fake kind? The thing about that's interesting is Cardi B is very marketable. So they want her authenticity, but in the workplace, eh. I, I mean, do you do you really think she's marketable though? Because yeah. I don't. No, I don't. I guess I don't agree. She wasn't marketable. Cardi had Cardi did like the the, and I think this is also like we talk about the podcast, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, should we try to go to get like a a distributor or something? It's kind of like nobody owned Cardi. She was doing everything independent for a very long time and paying for her own stuff. Mm-hmm. So everything was coming out of her pocket. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until people started to recognize that she actually is able to pull in money on her own that she became 
marketable. I think marketable in the sense that all these companies want to work with her. But now that she's blown up. Yeah. Not, you know how many mixtapes she put out before like this blew Well, up? she couldn't Three. even get a mixtape. Three. Producers that's what I'm saying. didn't want to work with her at point, one though, point. So that's the point. She wasn't marketable until she produced her own music, grew a following on Instagram, got popular on the show, and then she became marketable once people started paying attention. But if Cardi had walked into that office two years ago and said, Back me, they would have said hell no. They didn't when she yeah, walked in two years ago. This, that that actually happened. Point. She was not marketable until she created her own hype. Right. I still think okay. So I'm thinking marketable sense of like getting money now, getting like deals today, now. today. Today, of course, everybody. If wants that's to be gonna happen, but you know, okay. So that mirrors the second point. Like, if you do that in the workplace, it's not gonna work. Then it it could. What's though, your perspective, because, Tiffany? Yeah. So. There's so many things you guys have talked about that have gone on in my head. Um, talk. I'm t- going to touch the generational point first. Mm-hmm. It absolutely is generational. I love my mother to death. She's my biggest backer. But I'll never forget when I graduated college, I went through this. I wouldn't say phase. I started discovering a different side of myself. And before college, I always had straight hair. I had weaves. I had mm. the traditional look. And towards the end of college, I went natural. Chop. Girl, mm. I yeah. cut it all off. Yeah. I started braiding it myself, big, thick, chunky braids. And then I went to twists. Mm. I got a nose ring. I got a tattoo. My mom said to me, why would you do this now when you're about to graduate college? You're not going to get a job. Like, you need to go back to your more traditional look. And, you know, she said it out of concern. She genuinely. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why can't I get a job looking like this? And I got a job, and I started my career at the One Club. But she came from a generation where mm-hmm. you needed to straighten your hair, and you needed to adjust yourself and amend yourself to fit into a certain environment. And, unfortunately, 10, 12 years into my career, 15 years, oh, Lord. Anyway, that's still true. Like, we are still, most of us are still amending ourselves to fit into a culture and into communities and into companies that otherwise wouldn't accept us as we are. So for people like Cardi B, the reason they don't fit in is because they're not willing to adjust themselves to the environment. They stay true to who they are. And there are very few people you meet in this industry that have gotten away with it. There are a few like Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith, whether he's at a $500 plate award show in a conference room with clients, he will come in his J's, his tracksuit. He will come with his dreads and he will call you dude, do that, homie, like what? He has refused to water himself down no matter what. And I think that he's a rare case of getting away with that. But mm-hmm. otherwise, we all are still, whether it's even the, some of the work we do is still about amending the diverse people to our industry right. instead of amending our industry, industry and our culture to accept yep. different people. And I think that's why it's still happening. And I'm, and to that point, I mean, that's, that's the whole inclusive part, right? So people talk about the diversity. Um, the inclusive part is that Cardi... A Cardi in advertising would be the diversity. The inclusive part comes in to her being able to bring her authentic self to the office mm-hmm. and that authentic self being respected as is. But I think people talk about inclusion, but they're not ready to fully accept what inclusion is yet because diversity, let's be real, diversity is hard. Like when you have a whole bunch of, and not in a bad way, it, diversity leads to better work, to stronger teams. But to get to that diversity, you got to go through some bumps in the night. You got to have different personalities. You have to have conflicts. You have to have people that are completely opposite come together to create something. I'm so. interested to know why you think, like, I yeah, like I want to know if you feel comfortable sharing. Why do you think that people really aren't trying to be about it? Because even with this whole conversation, that's always been my perspective. I don't necessarily think it's hard to hire a Cardi B, especially if we know that she she can show and prove. Like, we had Goddess on the show about a year ago, and she talked about it. You have all these people out here doing it for themselves on social media, freelancing, whatever, but you don't, you'd rather steal their flavor and apply it to your work 
than just applying them to your team so that they can naturally create the flavor for you. I think there are 50,000 really excuses and reasons why. Um, and I won't even dare to say I can speak to all of them. Um, some are valid, some are not. Again, I'll go back to my point to build a truly diverse company and team. And I'm not talking about one or two people that are freelancing, but a 600 person company that where everybody's diverse and everyone different is different is added work on top of an industry that is already high pressure and a lot of work. Not an excuse not to do it. Mm -hmm. But I think that a lot of people find it easier to go and steal the word woke or whatever that word is that that woman created and use it in one of their ads than to hire the person who created the word work woke and bring her in and allow her to you know be a part of that community. It's easier. Why not go the easier route? That's one of 50,000 reasons why, and I will never say I know all of them. It's not an excuse. And at this point, like we cannot survive as an industry if we don't change it because there's a lot of dope, amazing creative people out there who are going to go do their own thing and we're slowly going to crumble and they're going to take over all the advertising work. So sure. I think I think the interesting thing that you said is creating teams, right? So within a team, like everyone has a role mm -hmm. and within advertising and creative industries, those roles are narrow in a sense. Mm -hmm. And so people, and I've been having a lot of conversations with, conversations with hiring managers over the last couple of weeks about what it is that they're looking for. Mm -hmm. And and the reason why I think it's hard for a Cardi B to come in and thrive is because when people are looking to fill that role on their team, they're looking for a very narrow mm -hmm. definition, a narrow perspective of who fits into that yeah. role. And Cardi coming in with her vernacular, like her own, like, flavor of, of AAV, right? So American, um, African-American vernacular. I don't think... <laughs> <laughs> Keep on going. Like, no, but, but that's I get like what the you're term, saying. Right? Like, yeah. So the, the, the term is like African-American vernacular, Ebonics, whatever you want to call it. So her coming in, I don't think they would know what to do with her. Is That's I not agree. an excuse. It's not an excuse, mm -hmm. but I don't think they would know how people don't want to be uncomfortable. They would, she would make them right. comfortable. But yes. it's easier to work with someone who fits in the narrow decision. Yes. Like it's easier. You don't because everyone's not about training in this industry. Mm -hmm. it's the yes. easier that you can come in, plug and play, do your job, the easier making everybody's mm -hmm. life. So when you come in differently, it's easier. Well, it's harder because yeah. you have to do all this training and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And I, one thing I got from you was Tiffany was that you have that you have to take some hits mm -hmm. even being yourself. And some people just don't want to take the hits. Absolutely they just want not. to, like, do what they want to do, is excel in their career, well, whatever. Well, not everyone could take the hits. I think we have to acknowledge that the history of people of color in this industry is still pretty new and young. Right. And we're still carving out our space and carving out our worth and our value. Not that we should have to, but when you're a pioneer in something like this, when you're a Valerie Graves, when you're, right. you also don't have as much room or acceptance to make those mistakes and be that person and they'll just kick you out the door and be like okay we tried one black person it didn't work let's go back to being all white dudes high five so that was also a barrier so i think now what's happening is we're getting to a place where there's still not enough of us we are still what it's like five percent black looks now which is yeah right. but we're closer to seeing more of ourselves and finding that strength in numbers to start being more comfortable kai having her twist me having my you know curly crochet like we're getting more comfortable you not having to straighten your hair every day you having your dreads and wearing your dashiki and like you know what I mean? Like we're getting right. more. Uh, it's getting a little safer to do that now than it was 20, 30 years. But ago. it's only becoming safer to do that because a lot of m more of us have become more comfortable out of survival, being ourselves. Comfortable, because but also I think it is the the 
surrounding like the community we're building right. a community like I, I consider y'all to be a part of my community you guys refill my bucket even though I don't work together every day if you don't have this community where are you going to reflect off of that and have, find that safety and that comfort to keep doing it right mm-hmm. well the other part that I wanted to bring up and like also I, I'm just go ahead and do no, this no. as we time checked do you have to pick up your car at 830 or can you do <laughs> they will wait it's not like they're gonna give oh, okay I didn't know do they give the car away after so okay they might curse cool. me a little I'm all right all right cool 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 that's all right I'll take it cuss out for you um I, I mean I also want to bring up so recently in the news we've all heard at this point Bill Cosby um the the biggest advocate for respectability mm-hmm. politics that I've ever uh, read essays from mm-hmm. um, has really has recently been convicted um, or been found guilty for multiple counts of sexual abuse and harassment, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and in the 90s and in the 2000s, Bill Cosby was a, a, a strong advocate for respect mm-hmm. and appear the appearance of respect, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I think that over time, what many of us has found is like, you're hiding shit. Like if I, if I can be so good at being what you want me to be, that means I'm really good at holding who I am back. And like, who actually wins with that? Like, if you look at the long run, with um the a case of a Bill Cosby, the long run shows, at some point they're gonna find out. Just like you said, they're gonna find out who you are. They're going to find out who you are. And do you want them to find out at the end after you've built your whole identity on a lie? Or do you want them to find out now, get with this real shit, be about, like, but but no, like, I'd rather you know who I am up front so that there are no surprises after we cross this bridge. J. Cole also released his album this week, or, or last week or whenever, child, I don't know anymore. Recent. It's recent. <laughs> it's on one of these trips I've been on. He released the album. Um, but it was in 1985, and he talks about how um, presenting this hip-hop music and how a lot of people, when it comes to like gentrification and, and taking um, our culture and manipulati- manipulating it for money – a lot of people just like to do the things that we do or like to emulate black culture, the negative parts of black culture, because they feel like that's what it feels like to be black. Right. And I feel like with these creative agencies and these brands that are out here, like dipping into the pool of our culture, you got a Cardi B who is giving you the real, like there are a lot of girls from the hood that have a lot, not just street knowledge, but they are book smart. Like, I like Cardi because Cardi reminds me of my friends from high school, mm. right? They're book smart. They're street smart. They just don't speak like you. They don't necessarily – you're right. They, their words do not formulate the way that your words form if you're from freaking, I don't know, West Bumblefuck, Long regular. Island. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you like you, you, the words don't come out the same, but the content mm-hmm. might be even richer. Mm-hmm. I think there's one thing to note because she has – the way that her Cardi B's history is, she has, and the way that social media works and everything, she can't hide. Mm-hmm. Like, she can't hide that she was a stripper. She can't she hide. But she also doesn't too. want, yeah, she, she doesn't try she to hide. Because that makes her, because mm-hmm. all that made her who she is now. You know what? Let's keep going with the pop culture references. Eight yes. Mile. For those of you that are old enough to remember <laughs> Eight Mile. Because, oh you know. Oh, my that like the 20th anniversary? <laughs> Is it? No, I don't know, child. I'm lying at this point. It's going to come out tomorrow. 
Rabbit or Eminem's character, mm-hmm. the first thing he did when he was uh, when he came out for the rap battle was go ahead and what we would call going in on himself. He made fun of himself. He roasted himself because mm-hmm. the reality is once I tell you all of the negative things that you could ever use against me, mm-hmm. you no longer have that power. So as as don't. because also being a stripper or an exotic dancer is not seen as a bad thing everywhere. Eight Have, miles, fifteen you, and a half years old, by the way. Is it fifteen oh, and close. a half years? It's <laughs> coming up. We got child. more years. <laughs> but my point is, mm-hmm. like her being a stripper, she like if she's confident and proud of that, let her be confident mm-hmm. and proud of that. Right. You know, it's not about hiding anymore because I think hiding is where a lot of us, especially black people, Mm -hmm. that's where we get caught up. We have all these secrets that we're trying to keep from Mm -hmm. the others. All this, like the idea of mixed company, all this business we we try not to have uh, ousted in front of mixed company. And when people finally find out because whatever happens in the dark always comes to light, we get mad. If we don't give people a closet to pull skeletons out of, they can't hurt us. And therefore, for me, I feel like it's it's we're moving in a direction. And I know that I, I'd like to think of myself as a pioneer of being authentic. <laughs> but we're it, moving it, in a direction it. where more and more people are feeling confident enough to be their most authentic selves. Mm-hmm. And it's, for me to see this also happening, mirroring itself in entertainment is huge because it's a case study for why not only are our, 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 our ideas, Lord, that was going to be a tongue twister, are our ideas our profitable, how, but also our insights, all, although they come from, they come in a way that you may not be used to hearing it, your ear may not necessarily be trained to receive it, the way we're giving it to you, you better learn how to listen to it because this is literally who your market share who is owning your market share right now? And there are more and more girls and boys and whomever um, that can contribute to that. The same goes for mainstream culture. If you want to talk about um, white people, like <laughs> I cannot tell you what it's like to grow up in uh, a rural farmland where you've ne- where you've never seen a person of color. Mm-hmm. Only a person that's grown up in that world can tell me about that. Yeah. And therefore, if that is the marketing brief that comes my way i probably want somebody that knows a lot about that to be on my team i think the beauty of it though is that now we're in a place where those people can create their own content and tell their own stories and not wait for someone to think tell them their story is worth telling exactly telling that story you don't need it anymore you need a laptop a cell phone and some tenacity and i think the beautiful thing is being an example Mm -hmm. like you know because the example was to be proper and everything Mm -hmm. so that's people accept that as truth so if you be example of being yourself, then it makes people to be more of themselves and the younger generation, yeah. you know, but come I, up here. I will say, though, and, you know, I love this Cardi B example. I think it's so important. But in the industry, entertainment industry, now I'm like you, in the entertainment industry, it's still easier to make it as an individual than trying to make it in an industry like advertising where it's yeah. all about teamwork. And, and I think that it's because yeah. of the platforms that they mm-hmm. have where there are more uh, non-corporate owned platforms like a YouTube mm-hmm. and social media to entertain people mm-hmm. on and make your own money where advertising has become this or is this this uh, field of conglomerates that own the industry. I think as these consultancies start to grow and as people start to just 
freelance full time on their mm-hmm. own, there's going to be a lot more. There is currently a lot more competition because people are out here doing Absolutely. the same work they would do at the conglomerate for themselves and doing it by being themselves. Yep. And that's what makes and the work better. Surprised. But do you, do you feel like the corporate behind the scenes is caught up to the culture? Absolutely not. For what? Like Where? because like because you're saying that it's that as more people do it that it's going like like the synergy is going to happen. No, because they're still not getting a foot in the door and the proper support respect. Like, I don't I don't like at the table. Like uh, I guess maybe you could read. You mean in advertising or you mean in entertainment? In uh, in advertising. In advertising, no, the businesses have not caught okay, up. Okay. However, However, more and more people, such as yourself, have decided, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to do this on my own, Mm -hmm. and are doing it successfully enough to support themselves. If everybody walks out of an agency today and says, fuck it, I'm going to do what I do for you at the cost price, Mm -hmm. not just the rates you pay me for it. It will dis- it will literally break the industry the same way the music industry got broken because mm-hmm. of streaming. Yep. Because people had access to the internet and streaming is what can and potentially will happen within advertising. And why would clients not go with a smaller, scrappier, independent agency who can reach their audience in the right way for a fraction of the cost Listen, to get that cultural capital? I mean, uh, pay the, a giant agency millions of dollars. The gag terrible. is... I work in a big agency, but... The, the gag <laughs> is they pay they pay millions of dollars for teams of two and three people. I don't care. Like, I, fight me. I don't care who knows that I said. You pay millions of dollars for a team of... Uh, 30 people on a rate card when all in when what actually happens is that two to three people actually worked on the concept that you bought for your millions of dollars imagine if you can instead of paying one million dollars you can pay twenty thousand dollars for that idea in half the time i'm not even talking pay. small agencies <laughs> though i'm not talking small independent shop. i'm talking like, cut that in half. i'm talking about like i just told Simeon, yo let's just work on this like this is how freelance work you know say 50k a hundred thousand don't undersell yourself you better up that you right because twenty thousand dollar trips to south africa i know that's right <laughs> Girl, she's an expensive traveler y'all that's listen but you I, can't go nowhere with <laughs> tiffany unless you got two limos i miscalculated how long how much my trip to south africa but the, cost. my point is you <laughs> as in, in once people find once people realize that they can do this work on their own and be stable doing it on their own the way that entertainers have grown to be comfortable uh entertaining on their own yeah like this whole idea of like well i gotta fit in is gonna be some fuck shit i agree but i don't agree i have not given up on the no no i I always love when you say fuck shit um i have not given up on the model of a large agency yet and what it has to offer a great ideator if they get their shit together and properly engage them for example i agree but i think that that's the independent still ends up going and signing with a big agency who can because the bigger agency has already seen that they've been able to show yeah. and prove but also no 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 i'm not saying yeah that. no no and and i'm just saying in general i'm not saying i don't fully agree that everyone going freelance and like killing the industry is going to work because there are still certain things that you need from a, i don't know there's certain things that big agencies still brings to the table i think what it's about is these big agencies understanding the capital that these people that are leaving yeah. offer and saying look we appreciate you respect you you're making our business what it is we're I'm gonna say support you being your full self. I'm going to say, as this as a growing skeptic, I have <laughs> yet to see. I have not seen, quite frankly, what the agencies offer more of 
yet. But well, I also think that that's a different conversation. It's a very I different mean, conversation. St- stability is real. <laughs> I like as, as somebody as somebody who's in these streets at this point. I mean, my caveat um, was if you a- are able to get to a point where you feel comfortable being stable, doing pulling in the work you do. I think that's what it offers for the employees. I don't know the brands, but we can talk about that in a separate segment. Yeah. I do want to, I do know that we do need to close out because I don't want oh, people to give away your car. I just don't, listen, two things. I'm hungry and back. I don't want them to take your car. They aren't taking my car, but invite me back. Guys. Okay. So, <laughs> but with that being said, like, and I, I think it's more so from you because, I mean, I can go on and talk about authenticity and being yourself and <laughs> wearing your natural hair today and your braids tomorrow and your weave next week. What, have you ever, Tiffany, have you ever given advice to anybody about bringing their authentic self to work? And if so, what what was that advice or what is your advice for people that want to know how to do that? So my I have a few pieces of advice. So my first piece is that we have to realize and I've seen this blurred line constantly. There is a difference between bringing your authentic self to work and being professional. So you can bring your authentic Mm. self to work, but you still need to be professional. You are in a job where you're being paid to be a professional and do your job. So that's the first piece. That's just kind of a auntie tiffy statement but my advice is typically that you need to begin opening up to being your full self at work and if you're in a place that does not support you and embrace you being that then find a company that does maybe i drink the (laughs) the droga kool-aid but i found a company that supports me being my my full self whether i'm being goofy tiffy slightly grumpy tiffy maybe a little ghetto tiffy whatever it is and i'm happy and i'm staying and i'm trying to help build that experience for other people in the building but it took me time to find the comfort and the confidence in myself to to become that person and to say you're not supporting this i'm not staying here so i think it's those two things one start doing it immediately and two if you find that it's not being embraced don't quit don't give up don't shrink back into yourself find somewhere else we have to remember that especially now, but always, we are the capital. We are the value for these companies, especially in advertising. Creativity is our currency, and agencies need us more than ever. So never have a scarcity mindset and doubt that if I'm myself here at this company and they don't like me and they fire me or I leave, I'm never going to find another gig again. Like, we have to get rid of that mindset. So that's my my two cents. She said you won't go broke. You really got to be like, patient. More than now, the more than ever, talk to any recruiter. Every company is looking for diversity, like scrounging, digging in the in the couch cushions for change. Like, we need solid talent that you know knows what they're doing and brings that diversity to our company. So just be yourself and find a place that embraces and fits that. What are your final thoughts on um, respectability politics, y'all? I mean, I think I'm, I'm going to approach from two angles. One from somebody who used to practice respectability politics you a did. lot. Um, <laughs> I was I, there. No, I mean, I like, saw. it's... it's, it's he thought I was radical. And I was like, no, because oh. I think one, one, and I've talked about this before on the show, where a lot of us who have immigrant parents who came from these places that were colonized by the queen... Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the queen! ...raised us in, like, these very, like, respectability politics... Right. So I came into the work into the workplace with practicing it. Um, yeah, it's like survival. I would I would say um, listen to your what anger is. because your anger will lead you to your authentic self. Listen to it, but don't be consumed by it. Amen. Yeah. Listen to it. <laughs> listen to it far enough in advance that you don't have to get consumed yeah. by it. Once it festers, once it festers, it's gone. Yeah. Right. Um, 
And so the other the the other thing is, I think for the people who are in these spaces now who may be practicing it, if you are around someone who, and I think Insecure had an episode where Molly, what's the um, Molly? Issa. Issa. Molly and Issa. So the the woman that Molly was working with. For us who have the vernacular and the vocabulary to advocate for ourselves, we also need to be advocating for mm-hmm. those people who don't necessarily fit into the mold because sponsorship can come from anywhere. Mm-hmm. So we, everyone who has equity uh, and a seat at the table, like it's our job to make sure that we're advocating for the Cardi B's in the workplace so that they can be their authentic selves and because we all benefit from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's my two cents. I think it's finding a place where you can be yourself mm-hmm. is like super key because there are people who you will meet and even if you try, you know, they dim your light, change, take your shine, la la la. But it's true and you do go into yourself when you're pissed, when you don't know, when you don't have an outlet, when you don't know how to operate like you'll be so angry that you don't know how to operate into the office mm-hmm. like i totally agree with that just finding a place meeting with people who can help you just be yourself and just do your work and you can be your 100 percent. Uh, yeah i think that's all real i mean i'm <laughs> i'm just i'm just here for people waking up in the morning and not having to put on their mask i know what that's like and i felt like it's the draining. day the day that I realized the day that I realized that the mask that I was putting on every day was the same mask that didn't help me in a negative situation when I was working within an agency was the day that I said never again because sometimes it doesn't matter how straight my hair was or how great my English was or how plain my clothes were or how plain my face was or how much makeup I had on that somebody just wasn't fucking with me and that's okay I know I'm an amazing person I know I'm absolutely fabulous I know that everybody wants to be my friend I know I'm great (laughs) (laughs) but everybody doesn't know I'm great and and like without being without being funny about it like if if I'm going to suffer consequences for wearing the mask and I'm going to suffer consequences for not wearing the mask, then I'm going to opt for not wearing the mask because it makes me happier. So everybody is just going to catch all this Kai and deal with it. You either deal with it or you don't. In the same way, you know, Tiff said, if you're not, if, if you're not in a place that accepts you for who you are, then that's not the place for you. The reality is if, if I'm not for you, then you need to let me know as well. Like, Ain't nobody got no ain't nobody got no pensions in advertising no more. So I can go. We can end this amicably. Um, and I think that that's important for us to know. We're not gonna go broke because there are other people that could use your talents. You can take your talents to South Beach. <laughs> <laughs> and the reality is, you, like, really, we can. Just, you really can't take your, you really can't you take the South Beach, Long Beach, okay, okay. everywhere, all the, all the beaches. <laughs> but we do we do have to be confident enough with our authenticity to recognize that we can make we get to make money as creators for just being ourselves and leaning on that instead of leaning on the facade of trying to fit into a mold that didn't 
exist for you. So with that being said, thank you guys for listening to this episode. Thanks, Tiff. Thank you so much for being here. I just need y'all to know, it's been like a good two years that we've been talking (laughs) about getting Tiffany on the show. So this means a lot to have you. I know. I know. Sorry. I know. <laughs> Listen, I'm I, just. I, li- I, I'm, I, no, 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 no. Don't answer. <laughs> Don't answer. Oh, Let's just let it go. Ouch. Let's just let it go. Authenticity. Yeah. With that being said, make sure you guys follow us on all of the social media channels at Ask Mixed Company. You can also check us out on our website, mixedcompanypodcast.com. Shoot us an email at, at askmixedcompany at gmail. Okay. And just, you know, stick with us. Tiff, do you have any. Um, any social media channels, anything you want us to follow you on, anything you need to promote? Um, <laughs> I have nothing I need to promote right now, Alex, but I am at TiffyWiffy530 across all social media channels. I like to keep it, keep it. All keep right. it simple. Yeah, keep it sw- simple and sweet. All right. Well, thank you so much. Y'all take care. Um, go support Cardi. She got baby food to buy and diapers. <laughs> um, and it's real in these streets. Wait, she has to offset. She has to offset those baby claws. That was great. You should be a copywriter. <laughs> All right, y'all. Peace out. Take care. Bye. Bye.